Right now, though, we want to welcome Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill to the program, District 186, now a little more than a week into the school year, uh, and always things that have to be uh, sorted out. Inevitably, one of those things is school bus schedules, but it's been particularly challenging this year, and a new notice going out to parents this afternoon to alert them to more potential problems uh, before this is all fully resolved. Superintendent, thanks for your time this afternoon. We appreciate it. Yeah, no trouble. Well, uh, we reported on this last week because we've been hearing a number of reports, complaints from parents about buses arriving at the bus stop late, getting kids to school late, sometimes not picking them up at the end of the day. Uh, and this is a, a problem that has really been exacerbated this year. What, what exactly has been happening? Well, you know, we uh, wanted to proactively come on air today to talk about something that uh, we know might be a problem starting tomorrow, but we are very short with our drivers, with first students. Our partners there have done just about everything they can do, but it is a large national problem. Uh, CDL drivers are being able to uh, get jobs just about anywhere. You see waste management, Amazon, everybody trying to get drivers for buses and for large, uh, you know, rigs. So it is just a problem with employment right now. Um, you know, they're out there. They will hire on the spot, and we'll do background checks for them and, and get everything rolling, and, and they'll even pay for the training, and they have a signing bonus. But we are still very short our drivers. Starting tomorrow, we pick up our ELC route. So our youngest learners that attend uh, the Early Learning Center and Lee School and a couple other satellite programs around the district start their school year tomorrow. We can't wait to have them back, but unfortunately with 18 additional routes, we're going to see um, even more shortage of drivers to cover those. What do parents do then? I mean, obviously, uh, it, it's not a good situation if a child's waiting for a bus that doesn't show up for 15, 20 minutes or longer. Uh, how do parents deal with this situation until it's resolved? Yes, and I mean, if we could resolve it tomorrow, we would. It, it is just, it is this kind of a dilemma that we're in where lack of drivers means lack of routes. I've even seen the first student mechanics and other people driving bus routes to help out out there if they have that license uh, to require it. So they really do are doing everything that they possibly can. But we wanted parents to be aware that over the next two days, you may get information about your bus number changing for your student. Uh, perhaps we're going to have to double up some buses that don't have as many students on them, which might mean that you have a longer ride to school or a longer ride home. We're hoping that we can adjust the time so that that does not make you late for school. There will be no consequences if the bus is late for an individual student. They'll still get breakfast and get into class as quick as possible. Uh, but there may be delays um, in the next couple of days as we get uh, these routes worked out. Um, some of the bus drivers are also experiencing COVID protocol, just like the rest of the world, not necessarily because of driving the bus, but just because they've come into contact with it um, in the community as well. And so as bus drivers come back to work, you know, following all the protocols, you know, they'll get right back in. And also we had great news today that 12 bus drivers are going to be finishing uh, their training here within the next few weeks. Uh, so we're hoping that this pain point uh, will be only through the month of September as we work out the routes um, and and really uh, figure out all of the logistics and even get more drivers in, hopefully. How, how bad has this gotten? Uh, how late are students arriving at school? And have, have students actually been stranded at a bus stop or uh, not picked up at school at the end of the day? 
you know, there's isolated cases of uh, people being, you know, missing the bus or being out at the bus at the wrong time. We've taken phone calls like that. But honestly, we have that every year for the first week of school, you know, just trying to get our schedules down and get every every bus stop picked up and make sure we know where every student lives and make sure those bus stops are organized. But we have had buses that, that have been late uh, due to maybe drivers not knowing the routes as well as uh, if they're a permanent driver and they normally would. Uh, we have had some buses that pick up late at school because of so few routes we are having to double up on some routes so it has not been the smooth start but we have been in contact with first student daily i had a round table in my office today to work through these problems and make sure that i was communicating and being very upfront uh that you know we we do think that that some of this may continue um at least then for the next few weeks and it's not where i want to be at all but it is something that might happen Another side effect of this is we always run buses for our athletics and our extracurricular programs. And if those are needing to leave between those peak hours of two and four, that's going to be very difficult right now. So we may have to ask families to help us with transportation to sporting events and to some other things if it is between that two and four p.m. departure time. So it's not that we don't have the buses. We just don't have the manpower right now with first student. You can read articles about all districts around us and neighboring communities as well having these shortages. Does this impact the the district's contract with first student? Do you get any money off if they're not able to provide the the level of service, the number of drivers necessary to, to do what they're contractually required to do? You know, right now we're at the table with them as partners, trying to help them and get the word out there that we're hiring on the spot and all the benefits, uh, you know, that come along with that. Um, it's kind of a hard call when everywhere you go, you see a, for a, you know, wanted sign for people to uh, get employment at that, you know, organization that you might be at, whether it be a restaurant or a, a place of business or anybody that is just very difficult right now to find people uh, to, to fill these positions. Um, you know, we've also been very upfront that we're down about 65 paraprofessionals across the district. You actually asked me that question uh, the last time that we were on, and that is very difficult for us operating. And we're doing anything and everything, every job fair, posting things in the paper, doing things online through Indeed and other other programs. And it is just very difficult to find employees right now. You mentioned there's a, a dozen or so uh... Uh, drivers who've been going through training should be uh, online mm-hmm. in the next several weeks. Will that be enough to, to fix the problem? Is that enough to be able to th- get all these routes rolling on time? You know, it's going to be a significant help. Uh, we were down about 18 drivers two weeks ago, and that number just fluctuates up and down based on people being out on quarantine and then rolling back in off of quarantine that number 12 will help a great deal it won't be an end-all be-all we would love to have more than that and have a host of sub drivers as well so first student and district 186 are working together to do everything possible uh, to make sure that we're getting the word out there about this employment opportunity and how much it helps us and how much we rely on it we're required by law to provide transportation to pre-k uh 12th grade students for academic and learning 
uh, daytime. And so we're we're committed to making this work. Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill is here with us this afternoon. Superintendent, while we've got you here on a couple of other uh, quick issues, uh, we saw the updated COVID dashboard a short time ago with now about 1,300 students in, quote, exclusion status. That's about 10% of the of the student body. Uh, at what point does uh, th- those numbers start to impede the whole point of, of in-person instruction? And where do you see this all headed in the days to come? You know, I, I, I'm i done trying to be a clairvoyant, you know, with any of this because it has been a, a long, stressful, you know, 20 months of, of living in the, in the COVID environment. I know that we're just so excited to have our students back um, and that they're learning in the classroom. Um, it does impede when we have to send home for quarantine uh, when a student is positive and, and then they may have uh, been in near proximity and we have to, to quarantine a student. A lot of those numbers on that exclusion list are what we call symptom exclusions as well. And so those are a student may come to school and, and say they have a headache or uh, a runny nose or some of those different symptoms after a nurse does a diagnostic you know, assessment or, or healthcare provider then we, we send them home and make them get a PCR test before they can return. That number kind of turns over daily. Some kids come back, other kids you know, roll off. So that number will change. But that includes all students on quarantine, all positive students, all students who may have had a close contact inside their family's home. The hardest phone call we've been having to make is if a student is uh, put in quarantine or has a symptom at another school, then the siblings also have to go home. And so sometimes they're, they're asymptomatic. They don't have any, um, you know, so it's just very difficult. Once we get that PCR test that said they're clear, you know, then all students in the family can go back. But we just have to make sure that we're following the protocols and, and doing the right thing. You know, we're a large district. I think our enrollment right now is 13,397. And, you know, not all students are attending, you know, every day. Right now we're still wrapping up and concluding our attendance for the 10th day report. But, you know, that's a lot of students and, and we're that's why our number is so big and will continue to be big. It's spread across 33 different schools. If you look at the dashboard and you drill down a little bit, you can see that it is pretty much spread across different schools, um, not all clustered into any one school. We have had a few instances that have taken out, um, you know, a small subset of students in a classroom. And, you know, we're doing everything we possibly can uh, to follow all of our mitigation factors and also follow the guidance that's been given to us by state board to be in-person learning. Uh, finally, uh, last night, the Springfield School Board had an emergency meeting where they opted not to implement a plan for remote learning days on, on days <laughs> which traditionally have been snow days where everybody just stays home and gets the uh, the day off there. Uh, does uh, deciding to keep with that uh, old way of doing things, of having a traditional snow day, does that complicate things for you and, and for the district, given the, uh, the the calendar and the way it's shaking out here? You know, um, we've given we've been given an opportunity by the, the legislature in Illinois to, they, they enacted a law for e-learning days. Um, I think that came after we had a couple really bad years where we had several cold days, you know, polar vortex kind of days in a row, and students were you know, getting kind of bored at home. There wasn't snow to play in. There wasn't an event, really. It was a sunny day, but just very, very cold outside and hard for our walkers and our bus riders to manage that early morning time uh, going to school. So that's the purpose of the e-learning day is on inclement weather days that you could do some remote learning. And we've learned a lot about remote learning in the past year. It's not perfect in any way, shape, or form. Uh, But by the time that we have those inclement cold days, 
days for sure. We would hope to have a device and a hotspot in any uh, hand. We've been passing out hotspots like crazy today, uh, getting them out to schools so that they can get them in parents' hands along with the technology that we've provided. Um, it just seemed like we weren't quite ready yet, and so the board uh, did not vote for that plan, and that's okay. We'll we'll come back to the drawing board in another year and, and see if we might be ready to implement that with more things ironed out to make the board feel more comfortable. In the meantime, will you still try to make sure that if you know there's bad weather coming, get those devices home with kids anyway and, and give them at least some options of things they can do to, f- to fill those hours they'd otherwise just be exactly. at home or, or playing out in the snow you know or whatever? What? That's exactly what what our goal is. We just won't be able to count it as a student attendance day, and we will have to make that day up at the end of the school year, which we know is always never anybody's favorite time to to add time on. So, you know, we, we always we will be having those devices going home with students. We really want to develop in our students a true one to one technology Um, mindset where they use their device to do their homework, turn their homework in, um, learn and and do research and be able to write online and and use it it as a tool that will really assist them. Um, As we grow up these days, you have to have a device to go to college or any type of technical program. You see all of the people that come and help you work on your homes carrying iPads and laptops. Uh, to do their work as well. So we hope we're teaching our students a skill that they will carry into the future. Now, you build some days into the calendar anyway, right? You only have to add days on if you use up a certain number of these emergency days. We add five days to the end of our existing calendar. So whatever you think the last day would be now, we have five days after that that we can use for emergency days. Any day over five, um, if it's and if it is weather-related or nature-related, then we can call those Act of God days. We have to get them approved by the ROE and the State Board of Education. So generally, you just have to make up five days at the end of the school year. I see. All right. Superintendent Jennifer Gillison, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. We will talk soon. Nope. See you soon. Bye-bye.